share life stories of various individuals to inspire and educate. You're listening to Anecdotes, a podcast hosted by two millennials, Timothy and Vance. Thank you for joining us on this learning journey. Let's discover our why together. Welcome to episode 24 of Anecdotes, a show where we share inspiring stories and learn how to become better each day, one anecdote at a time. I'm Vance, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Timothy. For this episode, Tim shared some thoughts after watching Game of Thrones and why Theon Greyjoy is so relatable. I shared my take on how thinking and writing are interconnected and their importance. Listen on for more. Our opening and closing music are by Joachim Karut. Be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes or anywhere you get your podcasts from. Okay, so basically today is a public holiday. And... I think we are recording on a public holiday. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, yeah. What? That's the day. <laughs> no, because the episode won't go out today. Uh. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yes. And we are recording on a public holiday. Yeah. It's a Hari Raya, right? Yeah, Hari Raya. Okay. So apparently, we are doing it earlier in the morning this time because I have to go to work later. <sighs> okay. So first <laughs> off, actually, I, uh, I started writing an article across the span of four days. It all started when I watched the last episode of Game of Thrones Season 7. Who was that? When was the last episode? It was screened on Monday. <coughs> Monday 28th of August. Yes. Okay. So, while watching it, like yes, uh, the episode was great. Again, it ended on a cliffhanger, but the thing that really struck me most was the fact that the conversation between one two characters, uh, Jon Snow and Theon Greyjoy, just left a very deep impression on me. It just felt like, actually, why is it that we feel so pitiful? Why do we pity this character so much, the, this Theon Greyjoy character? even though he, he did really nasty stuff. Maybe not we, but just me. I just feel... I just pity that person because, well, first off, he was uh, in the movie. He was castrated. And <laughs> since young, he was brought up in a family, in his foster family, uh, sort of like as a hostage so that the other party doesn't, doesn't attack them. Like his original family... Mm-hmm. Will not attack his foster family, so he's like a hostage. So, full of spoilers. No, no, it's not a spoiler. It's like known since the start. Oh, okay. okay. Since since season one. Yeah. Okay. So basically, he was being brought up as a star, but his surname is Greyjoy. So he, when the time comes, he had to choose between two families. Mm-hmm. between the two so it's akin to choosing your mother your birth mother or choosing your foster mother who brought you up like her own so in that kind of sticky situation it will be very difficult for anybody right yeah I mean the context is that he's close with his stepmom also right yeah the context is yeah you can put it that way in this he he was brought up like uh, one of the sons in his foster 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 home 
and the the other con the other part of the context is also that he knows that he knows exactly that he's not part of the family, yes. right? Okay. Because he still share has the has a his old surname, which is a Greyjoy, so he's torn apart between these two things. Uh. Okay. Yeah, so actually then it made me wonder like actually we are also facing that every day. Just not on a, such an extreme scale, yeah, right? It's but not such a big scale, but we're always battling ourselves between who we really, really want to be and between what society ex- expects us to be. Hmm. So they just sparked off this whole idea to write off the article. And... And in and in the show he's he mentioned that we all want to do the right thing, we want to be good, we want to not make mistakes all the time. And he was telling this other character called Jon Snow. So he said that you always grew up knowing what was right and what was wrong. You always knew the right thing to do. Mm. But apparently this Jon Snow guy told him that that's far from it. That is totally not true. Because he had his fair share of difficult times as well. It's just that people don't see, people only see the end product. Like him being righteous, brave, loyal all the time. But they forget about all the tribulations that he had to go through to become the man that he was today. And and I feel like people, somehow or other, they magically, they just think that they'll know the right step to do, whether it's finding the job you like, finding out what to do with your life. They expect to come to an epiphany. They expect an epiphany to just land on them or something without actually putting in the work to find out. Mm. Like we can talk all we want about, oh, I don't know what I'm going to do with my life. But have you asked yourself, what have you done in your life to try and figure out what you want to do in your life? The means what you're trying to say is a lot of people are caught between you know what, should, what should they do with their life. But the fact is they never even try anything so how will you Yeah, know? exactly. Like people just keep whining about oh, I'm so directionless and stuff. But have you ever went to try a new sport? Challenge yourself, you know? To put yourself in uncomfortable positions first. The, obviously, if something is so difficult to comprehend, to find out, don't you think that you need to put in more work to find that answer? Mm, it's yeah. not going to come naturally. That's you expect it to be on a silver platter. Yeah, no. Even if you get it on a silver platter, you may not appreciate it mm. if you didn't have to work hard for it. Yeah. And then you'll just take it for granted and then you'll be back to square one. So at the end of the day, people can only change if they want to be changed. So if you're still <laughs> confused, then what you need to do is to take action. Yeah, but the problem is social media makes it easy to see the p- the result of something, of someone's hard work. But yeah. it doesn't highlight the hard work part because hard work yeah. is a, 
I mean, in general, hard work is not very glamorous and it's not very interesting. Yeah. It's not very nice to see. It's not very nice to experience. Yeah. So people tend to forget all about that. So they only look at all the glamorous things because that's that that is what make you, makes you feel good. But then, because of that, you know, increasingly our culture is becoming a a kind of society where. You know, we want everything to be given to us and we feel so entitled. But of course, it's not all social media's fault. Right? Yeah. I mean, it, <laughs> social media is just a tool, right? Yes. And then it's the people who put out all, the, all these videos that they try to feed into as they feed all these, you know, these uh, dopamine-hungry people on social media. Because when you see something that is, you know, stimulating, right, your body goes crazy on dopamine. Right. Yeah. And then you just feel very good because it feels like you're actually you're actually experiencing it already. When the actual fact is that you're just watching a video. Right. But that's 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 the amazing part about how those kind of inspiring videos, right? Can actually invoke so much in emotions. But I think the way that they do it sometimes some only some people, not all not not everyone of course. Only some people who, you know, just make just show you the results but without telling you how to do it. And that's that's the main problem. Yes. Right? That that is a big <coughs> problem, but I d I don't think like it's a, a major problem. I mean mm. sometimes it it can be a double edged sword. Yeah. A double edged sword, I mean. Yeah. Because uh, uh I can show you it can have both effects. One, it can inspire you. Yeah. And two, it can make you deep, <laughs> make you feel very sorry about yourself. Yeah. So, it's a double-edged sword. Uh, you need to decide what kind of effect that kind of video has on you. And then, if <laughs> if it makes you say sorry for yourself, then probably watch another kind of video then. Yeah, but... I, I think that either way, I, either whether you feel demoralized or sorry for yourself and you feel inspired, right? It's, it doesn't, it doesn't do anything for you. Yeah, exactly. Because they have, I mean, inspirational videos, I think that that's the paradox. You know, they inspire you, mm. but they don't tell you, they don't give you like at least some sort of tips that can, they can actually help you, you know, achieve what you really want. And I think that's the main problem because they just keep constantly mm. inspire you so it constantly makes you feel good. And then when you don't feel good anymore, you just watch another inspirational video and you feel good about yourself again. Mm. But the truth is, you need to watch an inspirational video and then push yourself further to watch something that can help you, I don't know, achieve something that you really want. So uh, more like a how-to kind of guide. Yeah, right? uh, I agree with that. Yeah. Because uh, most of the time, this key message is go and find something that you really, really enjoy doing. But how do you find that out? You know, like some people really don't have hobbies. Some people, the favorite pastime is sleeping. So what can you do with that? This is something I really enjoy. So there's nothing I can do with that. Yeah. Unless you can tell somebody to dig deeper and I think that is quite difficult to do through a video. Yeah, I think I think that's that's why, you know, it it, it spawned this 
coaching industry, right? Yeah, like a life coach kind of stuff. Well, I I don't think they are frauds. I think it's necessary. Yeah, some of them are are really legit. Yeah. No doubt about that. But then, you know, as with any legit industry, there's also a dark side. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, I think back to Game of Thrones, I guess Jon Snow is telling, you know, uh, what's his name again? Tion Greyjoy. Tion. That, you know, Tion is like us, mm. right? Then Jon Snow is like a celebrity or something, maybe. Or, it's like a hero. Or, He's okay, someone he- that's loyal, brave, righteous, and saves the damsel in distress, takes a knife for his people, and that kind of stuff, like really chivalry at its finest. And then he, because, you know, he he embodies all these positive things, mm. people think that nothing negative happens to him, right? Yeah. And that's, and, and Theon is like our it's like audience sur- surrogate. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, there's two filmy stuff. Really. No, so Theon <laughs> is just like, he's, he's just a symbol of the, the, the average person. And then Jon Snow mm. is, is mm. the symbol of maybe media to a certain extent. Yeah. But of course, good media in the sense that he wakes the audience up or he wakes us up to tell us that, you know, even though you see all this on the surface, right, you need to yeah. know, understand that there's a lot of things in the, in the back scenes. Yeah, and so um, at the end of it, he he says that he wants to save his sister and stuff. So it's like, before that, he said that he wants to be the right person, do do the right thing, he, but he doesn't know what it really means to be the r- doing the right thing. But then Jon Snow actually encourages him, like, you already know the answer, which is to go and save your sister, so what are you waiting for? Mm. And the reason why that he was afraid to go and save his sister was because he was scared. Uh, and it's a very natural thing to feel. Especially when we are overcome with a lot of troubles, a lot of obstacles. We always run. We escape from our problems. We procrastinate. There's a form of escaping. We mm. we sleep it off. There's a form of escaping. Yeah. You know, all these little actions are actually proof that we run away from our problems. And to hate on Tion actually is we are hating on ourselves most of the time. We yeah. just don't see it that way because it's very easy to hate on someone. We don't really, really know. But when you put yourself in that person's shoes, you realize that the amount of stress, the amount of tribulations that person has to overcome is so great that we too might run from it as well. And I think to a certain extent, Tion is basically a very good example of mm, very good writing from the director because the director I guess the director knows very well you know these are the common things that people will face because I guess his job is to make the 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 TV series as relatable as possible so that people will be drawn in I I don't know man like I, I never look at it that way maybe that's your point of view but it makes sense but uh it's kind of cool also that to mm-hmm. have that kind of perspective. Because you said, you said that it's but a combination it's just, of... just me feeling that way. Uh, I'm not sure whether people 
could really feel that way when they watch that particular scene. Okay, because right, you mentioned that Game of Thrones is a combination of dragons, zombies and sex, right? Yeah. That's what makes it so popular. It it is what makes it so popular also, but it's it doesn't it doesn't justify the loyal following. Mm. You see? Yes. If you're watching because this is not really so much about uh, a film study or, or a yeah. theory or anything, but it's more like common sense because if you think about it, you wouldn't want to watch something mm. that is so out of the world that you don't even understand to the point where it's repulsive. You can you can think of it of, as the uncanny valley. And there's this, like, even though we like to watch mythical fantasy, but there's this commonality that we need to have that is relatable. Yeah, there, there's something that you can at least understand. So if we if we just watch, okay, imagine right, we watch a film or a TV series, and all of them are aliens, and they don't speak any any they they don't speak any language that we can understand. We only have subtitles. We usually want to watch it. No. Not many people watch it already because it's so out of the world that it, you can't really draw any similarities between our world and their world. Mm. Unless they can, unless the director is so good that he can explain the whole world that well, but most of the time, great stories, right, always center on a human character or something, something resembling a human, mm. so that you can actually relate and, you know, uh, in some ways assume the role of the main character and then you just explore the world. Yeah. So you think about it, right? Even though it's dragons, zombies, and sex, right? It is is also because all these characters are so relatable to, you can you can easily draw connections, like oh, this person is like some person I know, that person is some person I know, or this person describes me so well, or this character is something like that. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, that's really <laughs> true. Now that you mentioned about it, I mean the fact that you can draw a connection between Theon and Jon Snow and us. Yeah. And some other person like we we, out we idolize. It shows really that the director knows what he's doing. I'm pretty sure you're not the only one who thinks that way. I'm mm. very sure. Maybe yeah. I mean yeah. There will probably be people who thought mm. that way, but it's just that not everyone would think that way. Yeah, not everyone would think that way. Because everyone will be blown away by the CGI. Oh, the dragon destroying the wall and what next? What next? What next? But I don't know. I just happen mm-hmm. to be able to notice that that moment that kind of resonated with me. Will you consider yourself a loyal fan of Game of Thrones? Yeah. yeah. Even though I pirated it. <laughs> I mean, the only way to watch it is through... HBO and it's not really available yeah. on on demand in Singapore. Yeah. HBO Gold is not available in Singapore. I checked already. Yeah. <coughs> At so least not at the time when I checked, but okay, maybe right now I'm not sure, but... Speaking of which, right? I'm talking about like loyal Game of Thrones mm-hmm. friend, fans. They will definitely feel that way also. There's, I mean, you will only be invested in a TV series for seven seasons if you like certain characters in the in the film, right? Makes perfect sense. Yeah. But you wouldn't, but huh? I never liked Theon though because of all the despicable deeds that he has done. But it's only until... He started seeking redemption. Hmm. That's that's called a character arc. Yeah. Because it kind of reminds you of yourself. And then you see that, you know, this person is so bad 
but he still can be redeemed. So yeah. it makes you feel good about yourself. Yeah. And that's where you get drawn into the character, you get invested in yeah. the character. So it's all this kind of character development. So if you think about it, yes, I think I'm very sure many other people, especially loyal fans, will, will think the same way as you. Mm. And yeah, another point is that, you know, sometimes we are too committed to being whatever we say or do. So, like that's part from influence. the mm, book. Consistency. Yeah, we tend to be, like for example, if we tell people or we show to people what our image is, we'll try our very best to be consistent to whatever we say or do. Mm. And because failure to do so will just mean that we because when we fail to do it it just shows that we are inconsistent and people don't like that trait yeah yeah okay so yeah so whenever we are not consistent with whatever we say or do we just seem very unreliable Mm. untrustworthy no it's a very negative thing so we try to avoid that as much as possible even though we hate it. Like, after a while, even though we hate being uh, nice or something like that. Like, for example, mm. keep portraying that we're very nice. But even though some somewhere along the line, we start feeling we don't want to be nice. But we still have to uphold that character, that image. If not, people will say, like, hey, what's wrong with you? Why do you change? And, and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, and another part of of it was relating back to the the Game of Thrones was that at the end of the day, Theon Greyjoy went to fight his way to get the respect of his men to save his sister. Spoiler. Yeah, I mean, he showed that he really, really had to fight his way to gain the respect of the men. And that's the thing. That's the the whole. That's the beautiful thing about that scene was that all of us we really do want to be good. I think we are all good natured inside, mm-hmm. but we might have meet some problems along the ways, some setbacks, some pitfalls, and it is that journey that makes it so magical. The journey to get back up on your feet and then to seek redemption that makes it that much special. That makes all the setbacks worth it. Because mm. if you do not have all these setbacks, then there won't be any redemption already. Correct? Yeah. And it makes me it makes me realize this also that you know it's very important for you know a, a typical story of a hero then he had he will face it with an obstacle, face with setbacks. Sometimes might even he might even slowly turn to the bad, to the dark side. But then at the end of the day he'll still turn back to the good side. So that kind of fits into our need or rather our desire to be like the hero. Mm-hmm. And that's where those kind of stories, right, will never ever fail. Yeah. A- 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 any story that focuses on a hero, his journey to They call it a narrative, right? Sorry? The narrative. The narrative is just, is just another word for story. Yeah. So the narrative of... uh The hero narrative. They call it the hero yeah. narrative. So it focuses on 
a seemingly normal person, but then working his way to becoming a hero, saving the day, I don't know, whether is it a female hero, whether is it a hero or a heroine, the journey itself, you know, it, it makes us feel like we can do it ourselves also. So it kind of, mm. it, it kind of releases a feel-good hormone yeah. in, your, in your body. Of course, called, I think it's serotonin or something. I'm not sure what's the chemical called. And then, or oh, is it dopamine? I don't know. Okay, whatever it is. The feel-good hormone gets released to your brain. And that's where people like this kind of stories. Yeah. And at the end of the day, right, you know, we can try to be consistent to our values or try to remain consistent with whatever we tell people. But we will fail. We will fail most of the time. Like, we will stumble and fall and we will be unable to deliver on our promises at times. But will that brand us as a failure? Maybe, but that failure is just temporary. It's only permanent if you continue to stay down. It will only be temporary if you choose to stand up, get back on your feet and then erase that failure. Because I don't think any failure is permanent. It's only if you choose to let it stay permanent. And I think we all have to find out our own solutions to get out back to get back on our feet. Because it's of course easier to say than done. Yeah, it's always yeah, at the end of the day it's always easier said than done. But you know, if all of us can do it, like I think a lot of people did it. If Dion Greyjoy could do it why can't we you know I think most of us we need another person by our side when mm. we know that we're not alone it's a lot easier for us to you know just get back on our feet because we know that you know, we, someone someone else has got our back anything else to add for Game of Thrones no I, I didn't really want to focus too much on Game of Thrones I just wanted to show that you know it's easy to hate on the bad guy all the time. And it's easy to love the good guy all the time. But we fail to see that the good guy might have done bad things also. Mm-hmm. It's just that we don't really notice it because we only f- you know, like the end product. Yeah, this is, this is also why I don't really like hero narratives that much. I prefer those kind of narratives where they constantly, you know, negotiate between good and bad. So there's a lot of back and forth in terms of whether this person is good or this person is bad or grey area, all these kind of things. Because it makes you think. Whereas a hero narrative is just, you know, it just constantly makes you feel good. It just makes you want to root for the hero, that's all. And those kind of narrative used to work in the past. But increasingly... Right now, whether or not you tell, whether or not it's a TV series, a film, or your own life, when people tell you all the good things only, right, you wouldn't be attracted to that person that much. At least not, not in the long term. Right? You want someone who is relatable, someone who has been through bad times, you know, done bad things or so, but they, they, they are like an embodiment of redemption is possible. Right, then you that 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 makes you idolize a person more, want to 
kind of follow that person more, respect that person more because you know he's been through things that you've been through also. Yeah, totally agree on that because we all are drawn to people that are similar to us. Mm. So if we are not perfect, so we definitely won't be drawn to people that are perfect, correct? Yeah, unless it's on the screen, ah. Yeah. Yeah. Yellow. So that's my story or anecdote for the week. Okay, so I'm 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 gonna share something more like an idea rather than a story. I would say over the past few years, I realized that you know you want if you want to write good things, or even to think, if you want to be a good thinker or a good writer, you need to be both. That means if you want to be a good thinker, you need to be a good writer as well. If you want to be a good writer, you need to be a good thinker as well. Because if you think if you think about it, right, a good thinker just means that you are able to have a perspective, a unique perspective or a useful perspective of something. An idea, and then you're able to internalize it, and also you know, explain. let it seep through, yeah. explain it, and seep and, and let it seep into your actions, right? Because you can't, you can't write well if you cannot think of the idea properly and explain it in a clear and concise manner, right? So it got me thinking that you know everyone wants to everyone wants to do great things, right? I believe both of us want to do great things as well. But then very few of very few people actually think that they need to be be able to consolidate their thoughts in at least one concise and mm, to a certain extent consistent manner. Because if you all your thoughts are all over the place, right, you wouldn't be able to explain it coherently. Right? But we but we we are constantly not giving that much credit and not that much attention to be able to think and write properly. But then I think I read I read this article somewhere that it tells you that even though you know you you don't really want to write that much, you you don't think that you can string words properly together. You think you you don't think you're a wordsmith. You don't need to be an exceptional writer to be able to explain an idea clearly. You just need to be right. You just need to write it in a simple manner. Mm. Usually, good writing, right, doesn't involve a lot of you know bombastic words, all kinds of flowery language and everything, or in a very poetic sense. You don't need to do that. You just need to be able to explain an idea very clearly. And usually, when you explain an idea clearly, people accept the idea. That's when you know it could be a business idea as well. Mm. Right, and that's how you know businesses are formed, and that's how people get they're successful because they can internalize an idea, explain it, conceptualize their idea, yeah, and explain it to the masses in a way that they can accept it and use and it's useful to them. <coughs> so I would say, mm, for people who want to have some sort of progress or even success in their lives. I mean I don't know I don't know for sure, but I but based on what I've read, 
being able to think of an idea properly, explaining it, or even writing it down is very important. Yeah. It is. But sometimes constantly being overlooked because of video. Yeah. You know, it's much easier to visualize something than to just read it. Mm-hmm. Am I making sense? Yeah. Like because I, yeah, I myself I'm a visual learner. I I need to look at things like and write it down and piece things together. Mm. I cannot understand if you just tell it to me through words, like just using my ears. Yeah, and and I think it reminds me of this article, right? About this, I think it was Melissa Sang. She she talked about why why do we like televisions a lot more than books? Because the simple and short answer is televisions do does think. the sorry? We don't have to think. That and televisions does the visualization for you. Mm. But books require you to do the visual visualization yourself. So it's a passive and versus an active thing. Mm. And naturally passive passive uh actions, right, tend to attract us more because easier. Then we, yeah, it's easier for us. And it's a you think about it, it's a business idea that solves a problem for you instead of giving you a solution. Sorry, yeah. uh, a, a business, right, that runs on giving you solutions, right, spoon-feeding you solutions, will definitely be a lot more successful than a business yeah, that only gives you solutions yeah. and you have to execute it yourself. Right, you think about it. We always want the easy way out, uh. Yeah, and the fact that convenience is actually, I would consider convenience actually a commod- commodity right now. Kind uh, of a commodity. Yeah, the, it is, right? The, the thing that is a commodity is the app that helps you save time. Mm. It's not money, but time. Yeah. That's the real thing that's really improving or actually adding value. And I think us. effort also, actually. Time and effort, both. Yeah. Things that you cannot get back. Things that you cannot earn. Right? You can't you can't earn time, you can't earn effort. And that's why you know businesses that focuses on saving you time and saving you effort, which is basically spoon feeding you, tends to be a lot better than you know, businesses that tells you that you have to do something active like you know, a bookstore. A bookstore is generally not a very good business because it tells you that you have you have to buy, okay, you have to spend money, and then you have to read the book and you have to understand the book. Yes. Compared, On the other hand, yeah, uh, compared so, to what? Compared to whatever Facebook videos where they have subtitles, you know, and then it's short, like three, four minutes, five minutes at most. I mean, the longest I've seen is probably like ten to fifteen minutes. Yeah. And it's really stretching it. Not many people will even watch to that, to to that extent. Uh, I mean, a perfect example would be, I was watching a couple of videos. Uh, I think it was, charisma on comment, this. A YouTube channel. So, what it is is that it gives you tips on how to be more confident and etc. And I realized that they have certain videos on book reviews. For example, the seven habits of highly effective people. So, and it's a three to four minute. So, why mm. would I want to spend a good maybe eight hours of my time consuming? A two to three hundred page book. Yep. 
when I could get the main points in a three to four minute video. So that's that's the thing about like uh, our society today. We are too used to getting shortcuts. Yeah, but I think in the set in in the context of books, right? It is one thing where you cannot save time on. Because if you if you're gonna read a summary or if you're going to read the book summary or watch a three to four minute summary of a two two to three hundred page book, right? You're not going to get the full value of the book. I mean, arguably, some parts of it are just filler words, mm. or trying to you know expound on an idea so that you can visualize it better. But the true value of a book or an idea to be formed into a book is that you have to really you know read the entire book or at least three quarters of it, the, 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 the parts where, you know, the idea actually is, the main idea is actually explained and shown to you. For example, the seven habits of highly successful people. Effective people. Effective people. Yeah. It, I mean, of course, anyone can just tell you the seven habits, right? But then, how to act on those habits? Why those habits are good? What kind of other alternatives or who are the people who actually did it and are you know successful or effective all this are explained only in a book but if you, if it's only a three to four minute video you can squeeze or, everything yeah it's just going to make you feel good it's not going to teach you much and I think that's the that's the main idea and I mean if you already know a lot right I mean if you're already like an effective person you just want to like get a quick review or summary right and then that's different but Increase. I mean, most. I guess most of the people who consume this kind of three to four minute videos are people who really need to read the book. I think that's the main problem. You know. That's true. Because <coughs> I was thinking about it. Like, hmm. Wait, I could have just seen that video and I didn't have to read the book to understand. But actually, I haven't really clicked on it because mm-hmm. because I already read the book. But it got me thinking, like. Which one would be more? If, I mean, arguably, of course, the book is supposedly more effective. Correct? Yeah. But how sure are you that this three to four minute video won't be as effective as the book? I mean, just from an outsider's point of view, you know. Okay, for the, for the context of only this book, mm. right? For the context of only this book, it's one of the seven habits, right? Mentioned in the book about watching three to four minute summary videos of books. Well, definitely not because that book is a really, really old book. Mm-hmm. So, definitely not. Also, but at that point of time, Facebook videos was not a thing. It's not. It's a YouTube video. And and that book was really ages ago. It was like really, really long. 15 years ago? More than that. More than that, okay. So, because Seven Habits of Effective, Highly Effective People was written in 1989, so at that point of time, video wasn't exactly a thing, right? Yeah. So, so my argument is out, out yeah. the window. So, yeah, that's, that's, the, that's the thing that I had in mind. You, know, you might be right, like, we have to read the entire book to understand its entirety, but we can't actually remember every single aspect of the book, right? Mm. So, 
wouldn't it be better if it's in a concise point and the main gist of the book? Wouldn't that be more effective? So you're saying that for people who haven't even read the book, it's fine to just watch the three to four minute video because most of us who read the book wouldn't even remember everything that we've read, mm. right? But then you have to ask yourself how memory, how memory is actually formed. Our memory is different from computer memory, right? It's not like you can just copy or you just you know type everything out onto a document and you just save it into your computer. For for a human brain, right? For human memory, whenever we want to recall something, we draw connections in our brains. So the neurons in our brains actually make connections and then tell you that this is associated with this, this is associated with that. So when when you read the book, right, it draws a lot of connections for you. It makes a lot of associations for you so that you remember the main points properly. So yes, you wouldn't be able to and to remember everything in the book because a lot of the words in the book are actually supposed to help you draw those connections in your brain and not you know, telling you exactly what it is because like what you said, three to four minutes you can you can get the whole thing. So I would say that read the book and then use the video to supplement the book. That's what I would I would do. Yeah. La. Yeah. But it's a matter of which is better. In a sense it's more of that the video complimenting, but I'm just thinking in the sense of the amount of value that that video can create. Mm-hmm. How much it, could it be even fifty percent of the book? Huh. It's a good question because I wouldn't consider the video mm. as a part of of the book. It's more like an extension of the book because the person who created the, the three to four minute YouTube video is actually trying to digest the book and then show you his perspective. Because unless unless right the author came out with the came out with the three to four minute summary video, then that's a different thing. But if it's someone else who came out with the summary video, right, you're actually looking at the book's idea through the author's lens. If that if that makes makes sense to you. Yeah. Because it's how he interpreted it. Yeah, correct. So it could be a bit uh, far from the original idea. Actually, I wouldn't say it's far. I would say that it's an extension because it would be good to read the book mm. and then also understand someone else's perspective who could... Different. Yeah, and he... I mean, for all we know, that person who created a video could be a lot more, I don't know, insightful than us. Yeah. Than most of us who read, read the first book, the book for, for the first time because... For him, I'm very sure he had to read the book at least two times to be able to come up with the video. Or at least, you know, read once and then skim through the second time or third time. Mm. Yeah, that's true. So going back to my point, yeah, about saying about thinking and writing, I would say that if you realised most of the CEOs of a moderately successful business wouldn't find any problems writing a piece on anything, especially their insights, which is why I would say that increasingly you're seeing CEOs writing, whether is it a book or an article or a blog, they understand that you know people want people want to peek inside their brain, and a lot of times even though these CEOs they might not be the most educated 
or the most, uh, I don't know, they might, they might not be the most educated people in the world, but because of their experience in the business or anything, they, they showcase their ability to think through their words. Because even though some of them they don't write that much, but when they give a speech, you know that they know their shit. They're yeah. not talking cock, really. They really know they really know a lot of things. <coughs> so that's why I think if you know you want to improve your life, writing at least just for yourself, so that you can, you know, look at your thoughts. What are you really thinking? You don't need to show it to everyone, you just show it to yourself. And then you know that is this really what I want. Because sometimes what our brain tells us what we want might not exactly be what we really, really want. Like our, our brain heart. and our heart. Yes. So that's the thing. And that's something I found out that, you know, through writing, I managed to be able to think more clearly. An example of it? Because of my practice of writing, right, I find it a lot easier to explain certain kind of complex topics to people to my friends or anyone and because of writing also I realized that my understanding of certain concepts or certain things certain new concepts or new ideas right it's a lot better than the past when I didn't practice writing that much because right now I would say that I write almost every single day the extent is not it's not really relevant what's relevant is that you actually write so I write in my journal, I write in my blog, I write in whatever, in my work and everything. And I find that even though it's only been less than three years that I've been writing almost every single day, I find that the effects are a lot better on my brain, on my thinking. It makes me a lot more rational also and logical when the need arises. Yeah. So I don't know about you. Oh, I certainly... If you talk about writing, yeah, I think we are writing every day through our text messages. But the, to write, mm-hmm. the kind of stuff that you write, obviously I don't do it every day. I do it when I have the the feeling to write. Or rather maybe, okay, instead of writing, right, you can actually internalize certain thoughts. Yeah, for, yeah, for right. me, it's all in my head. Mm. I, I would rather read and then sometimes when I read, I just pause and then think about the thing and then I realize, oh shit, I didn't. I might oh, procrastinate. Uh, not not procrastinate, but rather think something like the idea that I've just seen. So you're saying that yeah, you, read, off, you, know? you read halfway and then suddenly you just pause to think a while and then you just mm. drift off in your thoughts. Yeah. And I think that's that is increasingly un uh non existent in our in our culture right now. Because you know a lot, a lot of us are just like plugged in all the time. We're always on our phones or on screens or anything. We don't really spend yeah. some time to like actually like look at the sky and think about, you know, contemplate about certain things in life. I mean I'm not saying that you know everyone should be philosophical and everything, <laughs> but we need certain downtime to actually think about what hap- what is happening around us in the day. We need to review our yeah. day, review at the start of the day or at the end of the day. We need to review that kind of stuff. Because if we don't, we'll just lose sight of our goals, mm. lose sight of where we want to be. Yeah. And this made me remember something. Because I was reading the influence book. 
Okay, mm-hmm. and it was the part of uh, reciprocation, right? Yep. So they talk about the India event. Was it the event Indian evangelist or something? The one where they give oh, the yeah, flower. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Indian evangelist. Right. Yeah. Correct. Correct. Yeah. Correct. So they were giving out the flowers to passengers at the airport, and they they did it so that they expect the gift in return. Even if you refuse it, they say, no, 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 please accept it. It's a gift to you. And and then it made me think, like, how could I use this in my life? Not in the sense to take advantage, mm. but really more so because I was uh, eating at the hawker center a few days back and I realized that all the people that were clearing our tables were really, really old people. And even though now they have set up the returning of the trays, things, you know. Mm, how many of us really do? Yeah, yeah. Do we really do that? Sometimes I do it, but it's not uh, something that I really do it all the time. Sometimes I forget or sometimes I'm lazy. And then it got me thinking, like, how can I help these old people or make it an easier time for them? Then it just struck me that okay, in I want to help them. It's not like I want to clear the tables and trays for them. Yeah. But I think an easy way for me to do it is to educate the people that you can make their lives easier if you just return the trays on your own. So what I thought of was, you know, maybe one day I want to try, you know, just give. Tissue papers, you know, we would need tissue papers all the time. Yeah. And at that point, there was somebody selling tissue, pushing. Then I thought, actually, why not I be the one just, I mean, one pack of tissue doesn't cost much, cost much right? Yeah. So I could just give them and then say, why are you giving me this one? I mean, most people react this way. What do you want yeah. from me? That kind of reaction. Yeah. But I said, no, it's just a gift to you. Uh, I mean, it would do me a great favor if when you finish with your food, you could just return the trays and the plates just to make the lives of these aunties and uncles better, easier. And I just think that a simple gesture like that could actually, you know, make a small difference. Mm. Whether big or small, I think if one of us start some kind of movement like this, like giving or, you know, a kindness movement, I think we can all become better each day in terms of how how we behave. We don't have to be so selfish and self-centered all the time. We can actually, you know, be the right kind of person that we really aspire to be. We just need to take these little steps. Yeah, and I think, right, the main problem about some people, right, when you tell them to return their utensils or their trays and everything you know what you know what, you, you, you know what's the common answer that I get for what then these people are, they, if I don't if I do that then they have no jobs yeah but uh, that's they what don't, they say they, they don't understand that you know these people are here right because they need the money right yes but that doesn't mean that you cannot make someone's job easier right or not you, you're not asking everyone to do it but at least you know I guess the, the bare minimum you one, one person can do, right, is you don't 
like all over the place, right? Yeah. And even if you do, right, at least try to clean it up a yeah. bit instead of you know putting all over like. Yeah. And if you had, if you can, you just stack your plates for, like yeah. if you're eating with yeah. a group of friends, you if you can just try to stack the plates. It make, it make their lives a lot easier, because whether you do it or not, they still have to do it. But the thing is, if you do it, they wouldn't have to you know put in so much energy which is something that they don't really have that much at their age anymore to actually clear your plates and clear your trays and everything. So that's why whenever whenever I'm meeting at a hawker centre or any place where people, where waitresses or waiters or you know all these cleaner aunties and uncles, they have to clear their trays and plates, right? If they have to do it for you and you're, you're not helping or anything, at least say thank you, right? Yeah. And as much as some of them, they don't reply, to, they don't reply to you, they actually imagine if a lot of other other people start telling them that they might not feel anything at first, but over time they will feel that you know there's at least yeah someone is appreciating what them. I'm doing. And it all starts from some small gesture. Mm. And I realized, and I found out that you know when you eat with friends, and if you say thank you first, right, your other friends also will start saying thank you. Maybe I don't know. Maybe you're right. I'm not sure unconsciously I mean not I'm not saying all the time yeah or the table next to you when when they when they see they also will do they also will follow suit because they feel like oh oh yeah this is actually something that I can do sometimes some people some some of us it's not that we don't want to do or we don't or we never thought of doing sometimes it just didn't cross our mind at that moment that mm. we can actually do it it's just it's just it just takes like three seconds not five seconds yeah. <laughs> Just one second actually. Precisely. Yeah. So uh, I don't know, maybe I would do that. But it's just a bit daunt the fact that it's a bit daunting, you know, you have to approach strangers and then I mean giving tissue paper to ask them to return the trains in return? Yeah. Okay. Just seems a bit daunting to me, but uh, I'm not sure when I'll do it. Now you see that the part about being consistent of what I say. Yeah. <laughs> stops stops eating into me now. But mm-hmm. I think mean, I'll do it someday. It's just I don't know, getting over that, that fear. I mean I I I'm not saying that I'm not afraid to approach strangers. I still do. It's just that I wasn't as afraid as I was in the past. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I don't feel so afraid, but slowly, I think I can get there. <laughs> so, shall we do a wrap-up? Yeah. Shall we start, or? The wrap-up is pretty simple, you know? No failure is permanent. Every mm. failure is just temporary. You just need to dig deep, um, get up from, stand up, and then move forward, and then erase that loss, and then we can seek redemption. Guys, you're trying to say that, you know, even though Theon has been, you know, he has done bad things and everything, mm. but that doesn't mean that he cannot redeem himself by, yes. spoiler, saving Fighting through and yeah. saving his sister and everything. And then, whether choosing between being stuck or Greyjoy, mm. right? 
that one it boils down to whether he thinks that I don't know I mean I, I, I've never watched a single episode of Game of Thrones <laughs> but I guess at the end of the day he'll ask himself like who who does he really love right it could be his foster mother because the mom's dead by the way the, oh, the mom's dead, dead. dead so yeah I guess that is a no brainer that he can he, he should just carry on with Greyjoy instead of thinking of going back to the Stark because his foster parents gave him so much love and care right and at the end of the day it's who who it, who's around yeah who's around right I guess let's just put it that way I don't know I don't want to be in a situation like that <laughs> also yeah <laughs> I don't want to have to choose between that kind of scenario because it's just messed up you might see it as me as a form of escaping, but no, no. I, I really don't want to have such a decision. It wouldn't be nice for anyone to be in that position. Yeah. So the wrap up for me was, the wrap up for me is, I would say that mm, thinking and writing are interconnected. So if you are able to write well, generally speaking, you'll also be able to think well. And if you know that you can't think that well, you can try writing out your thoughts. And then by writing out your thoughts, you will actually be able to inter- to visualize it better, to really know what you what is it that you really want and what is it that you really want really going to do. And thinking and writing are interconnected. So if you want to improve either one or you want to improve both, you have to do both frequently. The only problem with us right now is we try to be plugged in all the time. We're always on our devices. We're always on our screens. We don't really have enough time to contemplate about our lives. Review them if you if you may. And then for books, don't think of three to four minute videos as bad or as good or as the only thing you should consume. You can think of that as a, an extension to a book. And the book is there for a reason because... Memory doesn't draw. We don't. We don't draw anything from memory right off the bat. We need to draw certain connections. We need to associate certain things with other things in our in our memory, to recall things that we want to recall. So that's about it. Yep. Okay. Thanks. thanks. Bye. <laughs>